Hi, this is JP Mack, and welcome to Liberty Relearn, not just another conservative blog. Okay, here we are in the second week of November, and of course we just uh, finished our presidential election, and as expected, uh, it things are a bit of a mess. Uh, the outcome uh, is still undetermined officially even though the most of the news media has proclaimed Joe Biden the victor there are still a lot of uh, questions of voter fraud and legal questions still to be answered uh, at the beginning of the year I wrote a post uh, entitled seven things that won't happen in 2020 and I think I nailed it on six of the 20th things. Uh, the seventh was that a Democrat would not be elected president in 2020. And I should have added the caveat that a president, a Democrat would not be elected president uh, unless it was under a dark cloud of controversy and... Uh, alleged election fraud. Uh, that's because voting irregularities need to be addressed. Uh, like, how could Biden apparently pull off a miraculous come-from-behind victory in several critical swing states, uh, most of them with Democrat governors and most that recently made changes to voting laws that would make election fraud much easier, most notably in PA and Michigan. According to Fox News, uh, Michigan GOP Chairwoman Laura Cox said at Friday at a Friday press conference that in Antrim County ballots were counted for Democrats that were meant for Republicans, causing a six thousand vote swing against our candidates. The county clerk came forward and said tabulating software glitched and caused a miscalculation of the votes. On since then, I can say it's also been reported that they're looking at the possibility of the system in Michigan being hacked. And of course, you know, if if someone were to hack um, uh, a voting system, this is this of course is what it would look like. And it is being alleged, at least right now, and uh, federal authorities are looking into the possibility of hacking in the Michigan election. So that'd be interesting. Michigan, of course, was a swing state. It was going red for the longest time, and then uh, it changed blue uh, at the very last minute. Um, had just enough votes. It seems like every time that someone wins some dramatic come-from-behind victory at the last second, it always seems to be a Democrat. And... Um, I think that warrants a little bit of suspicion in and of itself. I mean, you would think that, you know, 
these sort of things would divide almost evenly uh, by party lines. Uh, maybe you could say that you know big cities might be more likely controlled by Democrats, but still, big cities also have big vote counting apparatus. So uh, theoretically, there's no reason why the average big city shouldn't. Uh, with their resources, shouldn't be able to count votes just as fast as smaller cities. So, anyway, it is kind of funny that it always seems to be the Democrats that that um, that seem to benefit from these huge hidden caches of votes suddenly turning up at the last minute to turn races. Uh, so obviously hasn't been the first time. Uh, some of you may remember the... Uh, election of Al Franken in Minnesota. Um, something happened similar there along those lines. Uh, several other races that people can point to. It it's always seems to be the Democrat that comes out on top. So I've never heard of a Republican winning in this matter. So, but also in uh, Pennsylvania. A judicial fiat made it so that ballots could be counted days longer than state law allowed and that mail-in ballots need not have a legible postmark. Also in PA, the Supreme Court had to intervene to allow poll watchers to be within 50 feet of vote counting in Philadelphia. Of course, this went on for... I guess the first two or three days, finally, the uh, federal court had to step in and demand that the GOP poll watchers were allowed to do their job. And that's, they're afforded that right according to law. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, probably the majority of ballots in Philadelphia had been counted by that time. So, you know, it could be that the damage was done, and but there, there's really no way. If there was some sort of shenanigans going on in Philadelphia, um, you know, without the transparency of poll watchers, you know, I think that the election is very much in or at least the credibility of the election is, I think, would be in doubt. But that is, we'll see what happens with that, see if there's any uh, indication of wrongdoing or anything of that nature. But it's very interesting. Uh, many of you may have remembered that as Monday, um, President Trump was several hundred thousand votes ahead of... Joe Biden in the state of Pennsylvania, and then suddenly, um, in a matter of two days, that huge lead evaporated. And of course, it's once again it's down to Democrat-held cities that seem to always be the last to be counted. Now, some people have put out the theory that. These large metropolitan areas that are held by Democrats are deliberately held back um, so that they can see just how many votes they need to 
produce in order to win these miraculous come-from-behind victories. Uh, I, I think you can say that almost without too much cynicism that that's, that's worth consideration. And of course, if you've been following the election results, you may resent, you may remember that the state of Arizona was called way too early. There were, there were a lot of ballots still out, and a lot of those ballots were in, were from Republican areas of the state. And so that, you know, even if, you know, if you go by the percentage that Trump was winning the vote, and you extrapolate it out to the outstanding votes, then President Trump should have won Arizona by several thousand votes. But uh, at least the the press has called Arizona for for Biden. And so, as a matter of fact, the press has called the entire election for Joe Biden. And of course, as as of the uh, taping of this podcast, there's uh, Trump has still not conceded, and I think nor should he, as long as there's legitimate questions uh, as to the validity of some of these votes. Uh, you definitely want to see uh, if there was anything going on in Michigan with the, the so-called glitch in the voting computer system that turned Republican votes into Democrat votes. Uh, because apparently, it was not just that one. Apparently, there was uh, scores of other counties in the state that also used that same exact system. And so, hopefully, what they're doing now is they're going back through each of those counties uh, and seeing if there's any irregularities. Because Michigan is a state that Trump won four years ago. Um, I don't think in that you know, the state should have flipped and should have flipped uh, by the amount that's being claimed. So, I mean, those numbers would, would appear to be out of order for, for uh, that particular state. So, that's another one. We're going to have to look into, of course, there's a, also a recount in Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin was also very close, so there's a recount happening there. And there's also a recount happening in Georgia. That's another state that uh, President Trump carried last four years ago. And... Uh, it usually votes red, usually votes Republican, and so it's it's kind of an anomaly that this the state should go bl blue in this election, and that's another one where Biden uh, seems to have pulled off a miraculous uh, last minute uh, win. So. And that's also a razor thin vote margin. I don't can't tell you if they've committed to a recount, but I know the margin was quite small, and I believe that uh, Trump has uh, lawyers in Georgia. 
and I, I believe that there are some irregularities in the state of Georgia that are being looked into. Again, uh, bears, bears uh, repeating that all of these come from, come from behind winds always seem to go to the Democrats. Okay, so last episode and uh, in previous episodes, I talked a, a little about what would happen if Joe Biden were elected president. And of course, he is, uh, at the time of this podcast being produced, he is a projected winner, at least by most of the, the press. Of course, the press luckily doesn't get to pick who wins. They just get to pick who they believe w- wins. Uh, what can happen now is uh, we can have a series of recounts. We can have some of these ballots challenged. Maybe some of the ballots were uh, uh, can be thrown out, and maybe. Uh, but it's going to basically be mainly settled in the courts now uh, to see if there's any kind of voter fraud going on. Of course, it looks like, uh, at least in Michigan, uh, it seems to be very suspicious. But um, the president has until December 7th to uh, to prove himself the winner. Uh, if the election results are still in doubt at that time, then it can go to the House of Representatives and it will be decided there. If it should go to the House of Representatives, let's say enough of the ballots are thrown out um, and uh, there's no clear winner, no one gets in gets to 270, then what will happen is the House, House uh, delegations will each vote for their, um, for their respective party or, or the candidate. And what happens there is... Each state gets one vote, so it doesn't matter if California wins, uh, you know, if Biden wins California by 3 million votes, uh, California only gets one vote in this uh, special kind of tiebreaker election. Um, Meanwhile, a sparsely uh, populated Republican state like South Dakota you know, they also get one vote. So, you know, South Dakota gets as many votes in this as does, you know, the giant states like New Jersey and California. So if it comes to that, then it would be a Republican victory. Most likely it'd be a victory for President Trump because Republicans uh, control most of the state houses. So it's very likely that um, if it comes down to that, that then uh, Trump will be declared the winner. But but as of yet, um, there's no clear winner. Um, so we'll just have to see. This whole thing could play out for weeks. Um, you know, it wasn't until December. Uh, in 2000, when Gore finally had to concede the election, 
course, by that time, it was just a symbolic concession. Uh, if I remember correctly, the election had already been uh, verified in the House of Representatives, and it was finalized. So there was really not much for him to do but concede. And now it was in December, and here we are. It's not even Thanksgiving in 2020. And so this could continue on. Obviously, the Democrats uh, want all of this to end now while, they're, while their candidate is ahead. Um, I don't think uh, President Trump is that kind of person to just give up. And so he's going to, to fight this as, as long as there are any legal avenues left to him, any constitutional remedies left to him. And I know, contrary to what a lot of Democrats have been saying, no, if Trump loses, uh, it's not going to take the army to force him out. Uh, he will agree to 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 leave peacefully, and really, that's a lot of just really irresponsible speculation on the part of the press and some of these. Uh, Democrat um, mouthpieces. So, I said, you know, it's going to, it could take weeks, so buckle in, because I think we will get some traction on, on at least some of these uh, claims of voter fraud. I think there's already been pretty much some voter fraud established, but it has to be enough to not just, you know, it's not enough just to say that there is voter fraud. Uh, you have to establish that the the number of votes affected um, would affect the outcome. So, you know, if, if Biden won a state by, say, 20,000 votes, and Trump can prove that 10,000 of those votes were fraudulent, then uh, Biden would still win that state by 10,000 votes. So he needs to be able to uh, regain the lead, Trump does, in order to get back those electoral votes. Um, so we could be in this for you know, at least until early December. Now, there are there were other elections, obviously, um, that occurred this past Tuesday. Um, there was an election, well, there were both House and Senate races. Um, kind of unexpectedly, the Republicans picked up House seats, um, which normally would be something that would happen, you know, in the event of uh, that same party winning the White House. You know, the, the House seats would come on the coattails of the presidential winner. Um, that may still be the case, but uh, the 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 Repu Republicans did pick up a uh, small net gain in the House, not enough to win the speakership, but at least enough to gain power, and you know at least to send the Democrats a message, and. Just my own prediction, you know, not that predictions are working out really well. <laughs> you know, like I mentioned, my post that predicted no Democrat would win. Well, 
That still remains to be seen. But I would predict that um, the trend would be that the, especially if Biden wins, then the Congress, the, the House, will go Republican. Because normally during midterm elections, uh, the party that has the White House will lose the Congress if they have control of the Congress. And I think that would be very likely. Uh, the other races, of course, were in the Senate. Those are really the most important races. I mean, obviously, other than the presidential race. Because if Trump should lose and Biden should win, really, it will come down to about two Senate seats that uh, will mean, will be all between, will stand between uh, the United States as we've known it and um, the United States going into some other fundamental direction, some, basically a new system of government, or at least not, not anything resembling the constitutional republic we have today. So it would be, it's critically important that the, um, in the interest of liberty and democracy, that the Senate remain in Republican hands. And that, of course, is going to come down to a number of Senate races. I think there's a couple ones that are pretty safe. I think Alaska is looking pretty good, and, uh, there is one other one somewhere that's looking pretty good. But the ones that are really of concern are the ones that took place in Georgia. Of course, Georgia is in the unusual position that um, it has both of its senators up for re-election at the same time. And that's due to uh, Kelly LaFleur uh, being appointed. Uh, Of course, David Perdue uh, was senator, so this is his normal. uh, This would be his normal time to be face re-election, and this is Kelly LaFleur's, since she she basically won it by appointment. Um, Now she's up for election, so it's a little bit different this year than in normal years. And so that race in Georgia is going to come down to a runoff. Um, it looks like uh, LaFleur and Purdue are in pretty good position to win. Obviously, we've seen all of these uh, suspicious come-from-behind victories by Democrats uh, at the last minute, so... Um, of course, you know, for, uh, the Democrats, not necessarily Biden himself, but for Democrats at large to, uh, go on with their ambitious, uh, plans for this country, plans that would basically undo the United States ultimately as a, as a, uh, a Democrat um, republic as a um, as a pure capitalist system. You know, that all 
is X as X stake, um, depending on who wins the balance. Um, but Republicans, it looks good for the Republicans, but of course, you know, everything is still in doubt. So I think there was, I think in that race, there's a couple of uh, Democrat and third party candidates kind of muddying the water. Um, so now it's going to come down to, it looks like, uh, a couple of Senate runoff races in Georgia. So just to recap a little bit of what the Democrats, if not Biden himself, have plans, because we all know that if Biden becomes president, well, he's basically going to be a figurehead uh, he's he's going to be basically a lame duck from day one. Uh, he's going to be a very weak president. Um, no one, not even his supporters, really expect him to finish out his first term. And of course, you know he has and his family has allegedly engaged in uh, corrupt activities that may prove to be illegal. I wouldn't count too much on anything becoming of that, particularly if he wins. Obviously, you know, all investigations into Hunter Biden and his dealings in China and Russia and in other countries will go away. There are some, of course, of course, some things that uh, Biden will be able to do, even if the Republicans retain control of the Senate. Uh, he will be able to add back on and increase the number of federal re regulations, which of course would hamstring a lot of American businesses. Uh, of course, Trump uh, fulfilled his campaign promise uh, pretty much to uh, do away with a large portion of the regulatory state. He's been largely effective in doing that. Um, I think there's still a long ways to go. I think he would need a, an entire second term for he could really do any permanent damage to the regulatory state. And this, of course, is of importance to conservatives because, of course, these regulatory bodies, um, you know, the DEA, FDA, uh, Department of education and all these government departments they all wield power uh, through unelected officials and so it's a very undemocratic thing it's kind of ironic that the Democrats you know scream democracy 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 all the time but they're so in favor of the most undemocratic uh, part of you know uh, governments governance in the United States, which is a regulatory state, they seem to have no problem with that. Otherwise, you know, they they say that you know our democracy is dead. You know, and I'm sure you'll hear that should uh, President Trump somehow pull off a victory, a miracle come behind victory uh, of his own. But that's another inconsistency that you may have noticed from the Democrats that are, is very important and ties very much into the 
ideology and ideals of conservatism, that of you know, representative democracy and the people who make laws for us, who make regulations, those, those people, if, if you have the power to, to put someone in jail or if you have the power to levy fines on somebody, then that power should only be welded, in my opinion, by someone who's been elected by the people. And so, and so we have it. Uh, I think uh, in Biden administration, you would see a ton of uh, new environmental regulations. And, of course, uh, the Green New Deal is part of his plan. That is part of the uh, uh, Bernie Biden manifesto. Uh, the Green New Deal is included in, in that. And the, and the Green New Deal, of course, would, over time, I think over 10 years is estimated that it could cost America over $100 trillion. That's trillion with a T. And so it would be a very uh, expensive. And the reason why you should care about that is, uh, of course, all of the inflation. Because there's no way... Uh, Biden can do all of the crazy tax schemes he wants and tax the rich. There's no way to do all of these plans uh, without running up a, a huge deficit into the trillions. Now, we already have, we're already trillions and trillions of dollars in debt. And of course, the COVID-19 epidemic didn't help any. Uh, we've already spent upwards of $5 trillion just on uh, facing the epidemic and its repercussions alone. And so imagine having that and all of the environmental regulations being added on top of that, and all of the costs of businesses that will be incurred. And then on top of that, uh, of course, the war on coal will be back on. Um, of course, you know, some of you may remember... Uh, the Obama uh, administration's war on coal, which only ended after uh, Trump was elected. Um, a Biden war on coal would, would also be a war on all fossil fuels, uh, despite him saying that he would not end fracking. Uh, I think that the his environmental left would... Uh, beg to differ, and I think they will uh, endeavor to throw their weight around, uh, particularly the AOC wing of the Democrat Party. Uh, And he's on the record as saying that uh, he would basically, you know, discontinue America's production of fossil fuels, which, of course, would jack up energy prices uh, wouldn't do much for the environment because, you know, if we, to the extent that we end our production of fossil fuels, that only means that other countries uh, like China and Russia and uh, countries in the Middle East will increase their production and uh, we'll lose our energy independence that we've gained in recent decades and, of course, was given a big boost by uh, President Trump allowing drilling 
uh, in certain parts of Alaska and off the uh, coast of America. Also allowing the XL pipeline to be built. I mean, certainly, I mean, the energy costs, you know, we're already becoming an energy superpower even before he was elected. But, of course, he uh, seen the value of being a leader in energy production and being America being independent of uh, other countries, you know, independent for their for its uh, energy production and being a ex net exporter of energy. Uh, that will all go away. Of course, that matters to us again because that will enrich countries that are not not necessarily our friends. Uh, as I said, uh, we're talking about Russia. We're talking about uh, some countries in the Middle East. I guess it's lucky that Trump did so much for Middle East peace in this past year. But hopefully some of those gains can be retained. But, of course, if uh, these countries regain uh, and we lose our energy independence due to uh, Biden policies, then that will really hurt um, our ability to control our, our own destiny because we'll be once again beholden to countries, as I mentioned, that don't necessarily like us. And of course, you know, all those people who were you remember them picketing and shouting no war for oil back in the 90s and again in the early 2000s when we invaded Iraq. All those same people uh, seem to be perfectly fine making us dependent upon those same countries that we had to allegedly go to oil uh, with or for. So, again, a little in inconsistency hurts our foreign policy, it hurts our ability to dictate the terms of our own future uh, if we're at the mercy of other countries. And, you know, Biden has said, well, he's going to make Ch China abide by the same rules. I mean, there's no, no evidence to suggest that. Uh, he didn't even try, the Obama administration really didn't try to enforce any environmental rules I think China had decades before they had to fully intimate their uh, Paris Accord obligation. And so I think no serious person believes that these countries are going to back down on their energy production uh, if we cede that, that territory to them. They'll just take full advantage and that they'll uh, gain in their geopolitical clout. Um, which, I, which was something I thought that the Democrats didn't like. I mean, remember when Democrats were trying to say that uh, Trump was Putin's puppet. Well, who's, whose puppet are you going to be if Russia controls uh, the price of oil or the price of energy or has a big say in the price of energy. Who's going to be their, the puppet then? Yeah, again, more inconsistencies from our friends on the left. 
And of course, then when it comes to our foreign policy, which is basically uh, dictated by the president, the president is the see. And of course, Biden has been very, very weak historically on foreign policy. Um, he hasn't made a good foreign policy decision in 40 years. And so we could uh, continue on that. And of course, there's a lot of evidence that he's, uh, you know, shaping his foreign policy uh, towards enriching himself and his family. Uh, of course, there's the story of him or Hunter receiving uh, money from the mayor of Moscow's wife. There's, of course, uh, the, the whole Burisma thing, Joe Biden uh, getting the investigator, the, the Ukrainian investigator that was investigating his son's company over there, uh, fired and then replaced with a more friendly uh, investigator that would uh, cease investigating his uh, the dealings of his son's uh, company over in Ukraine, Brisma. So you you have that, and of course uh, there's the deal with China. Uh, some of the emails have indicated that Joe Biden, no, not Hunter Biden, but Joe Biden was supposed to be uh, cut in. You know, on some of that money, uh, the emails suggest that uh, some of the money was going to go to quote unquote the big guy. You know who's the big guy in this equation when when uh, these emails speak of the money being divvied up, divvied up from this a whole uh, Chinese adventure, which of course. Uh, Purportedly involves um, some Chinese defense contractors. Of course, these would all be members of the Chinese Communist Party. And one of them uh, was the apparently the chief of Chinese Intel Service, or a member, high-ranking member of the Chinese Intel Service. And these people, um, if we are to believe, and there's no reason really not to believe, these emails and what was on Hunter Biden's hard drive from that laptop that was serviced in Delaware. Uh, if that's to believe to be believed, then it would seem like uh, the president, our president Biden, would be highly extortable. Because uh, as I mentioned uh, last week in the broadcast, that you know why you know he had all of Hunter Biden had all of this incriminating video and photographic evidence uh, on his hard drive. Why do you suppose that was? I mean, I don't think a very smart person would record himself um, being allegedly with prostitutes, some of those allegedly underage. Uh, he would not have pictures of him uh, Reportedly uh, smoking what appears to be crack. I mean, if these pictures and videos are authentic, again, there's no reason to believe, despite what you've heard from the media. Uh, our government seems to believe that the what's on the hard drive is authentic. 
and our intelligence ser services uh, so far have not uh, stated any reason to believe that they're anything but authentic. So if that's true, why are they on the hard drive? Well, my explanation of that is that these would have been sent to them uh, just as a gentle reminder that, hey, we have dirt on you. Um, so, you know, when it comes to dealings with us, remember that there are more pictures and videos like these. I mean, that's the obvious um, conclusion that a person can make. Obviously, if he was uh, just an ordinary Joe uh, going to get a security clearance from, say, one of our government agencies or the military, there'd be no way with uh, uh, Joe Biden could even get uh, secret security clearance with all of this derogatory information. All of the all of his family's links to uh, foreign endeavors, foreign countries, um, especially when you're talking about Russia, Ukraine, and China, and I believe there's another some other countries involved. Again, this makes him a very him very susceptible for extortion and blackmail. You know, Joe Biden could not get a secret security clearance with this information. And now he's going to hold the, um, possibly hold the highest possible security clearance of the president, the ultimate security clearance in the country. And he'll do so um, being a, a very uh, uh, major a legitimate security risk. He'll be very susceptible to uh, blackmail uh, should he be elected. Because who knows, again, I would, one would think that these vi videos were videos uh, sent to Hunter. You know, they would have been sent by people who had copies of them. Maybe, you know, this is a reminder that, you know, there's more where these came from. And so who who knows? You know, you don't know what you don't know now. And we know there's been dealings, questionable dealings in China. And a lot points to influence peddling uh, in the part of the Bidens, and particularly in China, but also in Russia and other countries. Of course, you know, all of this scandal will go away. Uh, should uh, Joe Biden succeed in taking the White House, and but that's that again uh, highlights the importance of these senatorial races, uh, particularly this these ones that will happen in January in Georgia, will be very important because remember the vice president is the tying vote. So even if we have a 50-50 tie in the Senate, that is a win for the Biden administration because they'll have, as Kamala Harris, the uh, tie-breaking vote. But on the more positive note, um, it looks good, at least so far, for the Senate retaining, or the Republicans retaining the Senate. And that would kind of dash plans for 
the more serious republic busing plans of the Democrat Party, such as ending the filibuster, which in turn would enable things like uh, Puerto Rico statehood. Uh, it would enable uh, court packing, particularly the packing of the Supreme Court. Uh, Joe Biden has proposed a very constitutionally dubious uh, plan to maybe rotate justices out of the Supreme Court. I don't know how he plans on doing that. Um, there's nothing in the Constitution that allows the president to do that, or even with the consent of the Senate. Uh, some Something like that would take a constitutional amendment. And without the Senate, there's no chance of uh, Biden or Biden administration um, getting any anything like that through. So that's a couple of good things. And of course, the, the reason why that is important is if you have Puerto Rico statehood or, you know, or add any of these territories as states uh, that are being mentioned, most of them... Of course, you know, they're, they're not going to, the Biden administration would not attempt to make any territory that was Republican-leading a state. Uh, but he would certainly try to make any and all uh, ter U.S. territories uh, states that would get Republican governors uh, and Republican senators. And that's what they're really after. They're really after the two senators that they would get from uh, Puerto Rico as a state, and that would effectively solidify their domination of the Senate probably for a generation. There'd be almost no chance of winning back the Senate uh, if Puerto Rico were uh, given statehood and those senators were uh, most, as we most expect, would be Democrats. So that's something that we can rest assured won't happen. Um, particularly, you know, as long as the Republican, uh, as long as the Senate re, uh, is in re Republican hands, those grandiose ideas will be gone. And of course, as I mentioned many times before, uh, if he were to pack the Supreme Court well, he could get in even the most uh, constitutionally uh, dubious plan uh, through uh, a packed court, a court packed with liberal justices who believe in the, the living constitution, the theory that well, basically boils down to that the constitution can mean whatever you need it to mean. Um, at the time to get whatever program you want through so you know getting you know that is so important and it's really it's so uh good that we will we're, that trump was able to get uh, one more supreme court justice through amy coney barrett i think that was a wise decision to and that was the correct decision to go ahead with the appointment and of course, there was no reason not to do it. Um, I don't think any president has ever not elected to nominate someone. Obama nominated Merrick Garland um, 
during his term, and of course the Senate refused to uh, entertain that nomination, or you know, Mitch McConnell uh, refused to take a vote on the Merrick Garland appointment. So that never happened, and, and that allowed, of course, that vacancy to be filled by Neil Gorsuch, by President Trump. So that should be our legacy that hopefully um, will will live long past any uh, Trump presidency, even if Trump were to be reelected. Uh, what he's done with the Supreme Court should outlast his tenure as president. And in the short term, of course, uh, what that what the appointment of Amy Coney Barrett does for you is that you know so long as Trump can come up with a constitutionally grounded argument why some vote should be thrown out. Or uh, some election, his uh, some election in some state should be overturned, or the majority should be affected in some state, or anything like that. Uh, as long as you know, providing that, of course, that he has solid constitutional grounds, then you know, a a or a uh, Supreme Court that balances towards constitutionalists um, should you know, be a, be beneficial. Again, I, I don't like to say that it's a uh, SCOTUS that leans conservative. I prefer to say that the Supreme Court leans constitutionalist because I think that puts it in a more proper perspective. Because, you know, if it uh, leaned, if you say it leans conservatives, conservative, that means that, or that entertains the thought of uh, a conservative justice uh, voting, you know, for a conservative government, basically. Uh, so I'd rather live and die by constitutional law than even um, conservative ideology in, in the courts. I'd rather, you know, have it decided by the Constitution than even by the whims of a conservative justice. Of course, looking at it the other way, uh, Biden has lost uh, uh, a greater chance of having you know any Supreme Court decision go his way, you know, because just because of ideology and the person on the Supreme Court just doesn't want to make waves or, or, you know, or, you know, rescind the order of some lower court judge. So that is, I mean, having Amy Coney Barrett sitting on the Supreme Court right now, that can only help Trump. Um, but that is, of course, only provided that the Trump administration can uh, challenge these votes on constitutional grounds. So I think you get the gist now of what I'm saying. The loss of the Senate would be catastrophic for the Republic. And unfortunately, you know, despite what uh, Joe Biden 
has said, of course, you know, most of us have surmised that Joe Biden won't be really be in charge. It will be the AOC wing of the party um, going for their more extremist uh, and uh, eco-fascist uh, tendencies. So, again, try and support your senators if you happen to live in the state of Georgia. Um, but looks good. We just have to stay the course and, uh, you know, just keep aware, keep, keep watching things. Don't take it for granted. Uh, cause as Reagan famously said, you know, our freedom is no more than one generation away from being taken from us. And so... You know, here we are, we're, we're finding ourselves to be that generation that's facing that challenge. So, again, um, hopefully, uh, for the sake of the Republic, uh, Trump can find a way to win. I think it's very unlikely that there was no, well, there has been some, some voter fraud. Uh, some of it's already been dumb up. Uh, Demonstrated. The only question is, uh, can enough voter fraud and voter irregularities be pointed out as to change the course of the election? Um, but you know, however that turns out, you know, our last firewall is the U.S. Senate, which we need to hold at all costs. I think keeping the Senate. Uh, buys us two more years at least as a constitutional republic uh, so we should make good use of those two years uh, we should be planning already for uh, two years from now to you know figure out how we can take back hopefully both houses of congress and and then hopefully uh, from there take back uh, if need be, the White House, or retain control of the White House, as the case may be. Okay, so I think we've covered pretty much all on the election and the voting results and their implications, their wider implications on our freedom and liberties. And you can pretty much bet that we'll be talking about this some more in weeks to come so hopefully you will stay tuned and again i would like to thank everybody for listening uh, if you enjoyed this podcast please uh, give a good rating on whoever your podcast provider is and also uh, maybe tell some friends maybe even take the liberty of uh, text, texting this podcast or sending a link to this podcast to one of your friends who might be inclined to listen to the conservative and libertarian point of view. So until then, I uh, hope you will stay healthy and stay happy. Uh, look for it on the web, of course on Facebook as Liberty Relearn on libertyrelearn.com of course you've already found this podcast uh, but it's also available on apple if you're not on apple 
Uh, if you're on Apple, but you move to an Android phone, you'll also have uh, uh, providers. Lots of we're basically everywhere that podcasts are provided. So pretty much well covered. No matter what kind of system you listen to or your friends listen to, they'll able to be listened to the podcast. So don't worry about that. Just forward the podcast to them and let them hopefully uh, decide for themselves that they like it. So with that, I will leave you until next Monday at the regular time or semi-regular time. Uh, Until then, try and stay healthy and happy. Remember, it's not over until it's over.